0: All right, today I want to talk about the CIA and the Iran-Iran Contra affair. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about Ronald Reagan and one of his most, you know, devilish acts of what he did with Iran. Um, I want to talk about that in his very failed and terrible presidency. It was absolutely terrible, so I want you to watch. Let's play this video.
1: to run foreign affairs for the United States.
2: In any other country, it would have been called a coup. Um, And they seem to have gotten away with
1: it. I'd hate to think, as many of my colleagues here have already expressed themselves, that in the process, we have shredded our own democratic
3: fabric. They're available for use by national governments. Sometimes they move under color of, uh, you know, and defend themselves as advancing U.S. national interests in this. But I, uh, I think that it's very secondary with these guys. They're out to make a buck. I did do it. I am not, as I said in my statement, at all ashamed of any of the things that I did. I was given a mission, and I tried to carry it out
4: the iran contra hearings convened in may 1987 by a special joint committee of the united states congress to investigate the sale of u.s weapons to iran and the illegal diversion of money to the Contras, for 13 weeks the hearings were broadcast on national television over 30 people testified and the committee issued a 700 page report of its findings but there are still many important questions that the select committee left unanswered and unexplored. Often, the official explanation seemed inadequate and contradictory.
1: Our government has a firm policy not to capitulate to terrorists' demands, That no concessions policy remains in force. In spite of the wildly speculative and false stories of our arms for hostages and alleged ransom payments, we did not repeat, did not trade weapons or anything else for hostages. Nor will we.
4: Despite Reagan's denials, investigations soon revealed that arms had been traded for hostages held in the Mideast.
1: A few months ago, I told the American people I did not trade arms for hostages. My heart and my best intentions still tell me that's true. But the facts and the evidence tell me it is not.
4: Only days later, it was further revealed that the arms to Iran had been severely marked up. Some of the profits had been illegally diverted to support the Contras, a guerrilla force organized by the CIA fighting the Nicaraguan government. The Reagan administration had a major scandal on its hands. ...going on
1: that had been kept from me in various covert President. did they deceive you? They
4: didn't answer whether one minister and deceived you.
3: We had weapons being sold by the Pentagon under the Economy Act to the CIA, and the CIA selling them to a third party or an agent, in the case of General Secord, who would then complete the transactions. I'm just trying to find out where the authorities were coming from to do these activities. I mean, clearly, there was no congressional oversight over this because it was kept totally hidden from the Congress. Would you have to get the green light in order to make the request or the direction, I take it, to Sea court to move ahead? Well, as I have testified, Senator, I talked to Director Casey, I talked to Mr. McFarlane, I talked to uh, Admiral Poindexter.
4: The use of US government money for supporting the overthrow of the Nicaraguan government was specifically prohibited when Congress enacted the Boland Amendment in 1984. Even though it remained in effect until 1986, millions of dollars in profits from Iranian arms sales were secretly diverted to the Contras during this period through contacts with little men such as Moniker Gorbanifar. Mr. Gorbanifar took me into the bathroom.
3: And Mr. Gorbanifar suggested several incentives to make that February transaction work. And the attraction. The attractive incentive, for me, was the one he made that residuals could flow to support the Nicaraguan resistance. Even though Bonifar knew that you were supporting the country. Yes, he did. His bestia knew it. The name had been in the papers in Moscow. It had been all over Danny Ortega's newscast. Radio Havana was broadcasting. It was been wanted to be able to deny a covert operation.
4: Peter Dale Scott, professor at the University of California at Berkeley, has conducted extensive research on covert action and CIA activities. The results are detailed in his book, The Iran-Contra Connection.
5: To the, the American people may very well
2: feel that the important questions didn't get asked, so they don't have the whole picture. They have a few little transactions and nauseating details on those few transactions, but they, but they were cheated out of the whole bowl of wax.
1: And so they were pulling their punches on all the major questions and issues of what would really, what really happened in this thing, what the CIA's role was. Anytime they got into anything that was really about exactly that, exactly what the C.I.'s
0: role was and exactly what laws were broken and when, they went into secret session, which means that we the people won't be, you know, we won't ever know.
3: Like you, I do not wish to see secrets of this land inadvertently and accidentally made public. Accordingly, the panel will enter into executive session.
4: In addition to facts that were hidden from the public through secrecy and executive sessions, other evidence was simply destroyed.
1: When you got back to examining what they had done,
3: you're going through your files to get rid of embarrassing documents embarrassing no documents that would compromise the national security of the united states documents that would put lives at risk documents that would demonstrate a covert action in the u.s direction and control and, and relationship to it yes I embarrassing see. no i don't my memory is very unclear about how the shredding incident started i believe as i said My memory is that he began pulling documents and I joined him.
1: And did you surmise that this was a a way of trying to to cover up something in conjunction with the Iran initiative or the country initiative?
6: I don't use the word cover up, I would use the word protest. Why do you think we sold arms to Iran? Iran, uh, well, to get the hostages out, strictly to get the hostages out. I think some people really believe that there were moderate elements there that might, you know, help us in the future.
2: I really think their main focus was uh, to free the hostages.
5: They say it was to help the countries in Nicaragua, but I don't believe that's true.
3: It was to get the money, I believe.
5: And That reason
0: could be anything. I mean, they can tell us anything on TV. Iran is a crucial economic geographic country. The U.S. wants to uh, get them friendly again as quickly as possible.
4: Perhaps the most explosive issue that was not investigated in the hearings was the true nature of the arrangement with Iran. When did the U.S. actually begin selling weapons to Iran, and why? The most important thing to come out of the hearings is what didn't
2: even get asked at the hearings, and that was Ronald Reagan cut a deal with Iran before the 1980 election ...to send arms to Iran in exchange for Iran's agreeing to
4: delay the release of our 52 hostages. Barbara Honegger was a dedicated member of the Reagan-Bush presidential campaign in 1980. She worked on the special writing, research and policy staff, and later as a White House policy analyst. As part of my position,
2: I was required to cover the 11 o'clock evening news in the operations center. The campaign was afraid that Jimmy Carter would successfully bring the 52 hostages home, what we call the October surprise, and win the election.
4: There had been a feeling of panic in the campaign. The 56 hostages taken captive at the U.S. Embassy in Iran in 1979 became a major issue in Jimmy Carter's campaign for re-election to a second term as president. His repeated efforts to gain the release failed, and Ronald Reagan was elected by a wide margin. After 14 months in captivity, the hostages were finally released January 21st, 1981, the day of Ronald Reagan's inauguration. Now working as a private investigator, Barbara Honegger has researched the hostage question carefully. According to reports gathered from a number of sources, she has distilled the following information. There were two meetings that we know of for certain to date, that happened
2: one in Washington, D.C., and one in Paris, France, before the 1980 election in October of 1980, where George Bush, then vice presidential candidate, Richard Allen, who became Reagan's first national security advisor, Donald Gregg, who became Bush's national security advisor and still is, passed millions of dollars to the Iranians to delay the release of our 52 hostages an additional 76 days. They met with an emissary of the Khomeini regime who offered a deal that they thought Reagan and Bush could not refuse. And that was, we will delay the release of the 52 hostages. If you will promise us all the arms that we could possibly want in the war against Iraq once you become president
4: of the United States. The man who was president of Iran during the hostage crisis was Abul Hassan Sadr. He was later ousted in a coup and is now living in exile in Paris. Sadr supports the charges that a deal was made with the Reagan-Bush campaign to delay the hostage's release. In a recent interview, he confirms that the Paris meeting took place and states that George Bush was specifically identified as being at the meeting by Iranian intelligence reports also identified were Monica Gobanifar and Albert Hakim, who later emerged as key middlemen in the Iran-Contra scandal. As evidence of this agreement, Bani Sadr has made documents available showing written orders for shipment of American parts and weapons to Iran through an Israeli-owned company.
2: And in fact, we now know that those arms began flowing in late February, early March of 1981. Not as the White House would have you believe in 1985.
1: I want to get to the bottom of this and find out all that has happened. And so far, I've told you all that I know. And you know the truth of the matter is, for quite some long time, all that you knew was what I told you.
2: The bottom line is that the Iran-Contra Committee and the Walsh investigation, because their mandates only take us back to 1984, in and of themselves
4: are a cover-up. But the problem of hostages did not go away for President Reagan. Radical elements in Middle Eastern countries continued to kidnap Americans during Reagan's term of office.
1: We're going to continue to explore, as we always have, every opportunity to try and get them out. I happen to believe that when an American citizen, any place in the world, is unjustly denied their constitutional rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, It is the responsibility of this government to restore those
4: rights. One of the hostages taken in Lebanon in March 1984 was Jerry Levin. His wife, Cis Levin, became increasingly frustrated with Reagan's lack of action to gain her husband's release.
6: The word sent to the hostage families constantly was he was too busy to even see us. We had no access. We had no task force. We had no hearings in Congress all of those things were denied us we were simply told to stay home to be quiet to trust and the agenda will be fulfilled now we know the agenda was to iran after seven
4: months sis levin finally traveled to the Mideast east to gain her husband's release he was later allowed to escape as a result of her negotiations with the syrian government
1: it's wonderful to be back
4: her experience has led her to doubt the reagan administration's motives
6: the claim on the part of the government was that the administration was so anxious about the hostage situation that they were pressured into giving arms to the ayatollah to bring the hostages out many of us think in looking at it that if there had not been hostages they would have had to have been created, because if the agenda to, to get arms to Iran were discovered, the only thing the American people would take as an excuse would be the very human element of a very human president weeping over hostages. The Reagan-Bush administration right from the beginning, behind the scenes,
2: has been an ally the Khomeini regime because Ronald Reagan's number one fear is the Soviet invasion of Iran. It's that simple.
3: I must confess to you that I thought using the Ayatollah's money to support the Nicaraguan resistance was a right idea. I was not the only one who was enthusiastic about this idea. Director Casey referred to to it as the ultimate irony, the ultimate covert operation
4: there was a lot of talk during the hearings about covert operations national security the necessity of secrecy in conducting foreign policy but some experts claim that covert action does not work in the interest of the u.s national security nor does it create a more stable world
5: to think of the democratic governments been overthrown uh in the last 30 years by military coups is almost like giving a capsule history of CIA covert operations in the last 30 years I mean there there was the overthrow of Prime Minister Mossadegh in the, uh, in the Iran in 1953 there was the overthrow of Arbenz in Guatemala in 1954 there was the um, overthrow of the brazilian government in 1964. there was the overthrow of the ghana government in 1966. a lot of the governments i just mentioned got into trouble with the international oil companies because they tried to assert their national prerogatives over their own resources time after time the cia has come in on behalf of those multinational companies
4: moved on, returning to Southeast Asia.
0: By that time, the writing was on the wall. The United States was going to be pushed out of Southeast Asia. It was clear that the the Viet Cong were going to prevail under Ho Chi Minh. So what these men began to do, they began to pilfer hundreds of tons of ammunition and military equipment out of...
5: skilled in uh covert manipulation of political process and they essentially ganged up to uh find and then elect a candidate who would put them back in the corporate operations business and Reagan and Bush were only too eager to be that kind of candidate.
4: In the late 70s, Shackley, Kleines and Seapord worked together in a company called Eatsco. Itsco was formed in order to ship weapons from the U.S. to Egypt. As in the Iran sales, large profits were taken from these deals. The man who provided the financing for Eatsco was Edwin Wilson.
5: Macklin, exactly Kleins, and Quintero, who used to visit my farm out there in Virginia, saw that uh, you know I guess I was prosperous, and if I could do it, obviously they could do it, and they figured. They would like, as soon as they left the government, to get involved in business with me. In
4: 1983, Wilson was convicted of supplying arms to Libyan President Muammar Gaddafi. Now serving 52 years in federal prison, Wilson asserts that he has merely taken the fall for his superiors and ex-business partners Theodore Shackley and Thomas Kleins. Clines was
5: getting out of CIA, and so was Shackley, and so... I would fund an organization and these people would all be in it so it was klein shackley Seacord, and then marbon and myself five of us uh five of us would have this organization it would be with 20 percent each of us i would fund it for $500,000. now what's wow. important about this Etsco company is that it's a kind of precedent in the ed wilson style for the hacking Seacord enterprise in the iran contra affair you have a government-arranged sale of arms, and people who... All you do with, with your dollar, every doll- ...the profit or surplus. It was done in the case of Etsco by Kleins and Company, and it was done in the there by Secord and Turkey.
4: As private businessmen and government operatives, Shackley, Clines, and Secord, along with Wilson and middleman Albert Hakim, turned their attention to the Mideast. They supplied arms to Mideast governments while skimming off huge profits into hidden bank accounts around the world. They secretly supplied weapons and military intelligence to Nicaraguan dictator Anastasio Somoza and helped the Shah of Iran eliminate his enemies.
0: There is an early bond between Iran and Nicaragua. The bond is this secret team of men. So throughout that period, from October of 1977 to December of 1978, this secret team has two major operations, one to support the Shah, the other to support the right-wing dictator Anastasio Somoza in Nicaragua. This was their world at that time. The Shah collapses in December of 78. And Anastasio Somoza collapses in July of 1979.
4: After the overthrow of Somoza, many of his former National Guardsmen fled to Honduras, where they were organized and trained by the CIA as a counter-revolutionary force to fight against the new government in Nicaragua.
0: They began to create the Contras. Try to do the identical thing that was done by the supporters of Batista against the Cuban revolutionary government back in 1959. Not an indigenous force inside Nicaragua that had any support from any of the population in Nicaragua. It was a total artifice that was created by these men. These are young men and women. They gave up everything they had, and they fled
3: a totalitarian communist regime. And they fled to another country because they could no longer live within the one that they've been born in. And they took up arms. I didn't create the Nicaraguan Contra, or the Nicaraguan Freedom Fighter, and the CIA didn't create it. The
4: Sandinistas created it. One of the original Contra political leaders was Edgar Chamorro he joined the countries in
5: 1981 i became involved with the Contras because the cia using people from the white house they invited me to be one of the country leaders uh, I, I was told that uh, this was just a uh, war for a year that the united states wanted to put this pressure on nicaragua but then after a year or so i found out that uh, this was not the case it will being used to deceive uh, the American people were used to, to lie to
4: Congress, by going to tell Congress uh, that the purpose was a good purpose to bring democracy, but in private we were, telling, uh, we were being told something different.
5: So I felt that this was a big lie.
4: After several years with the Contras, Chamorro became disillusioned with CIA influence on the Contra movement and quit. Still a critic of some Sandinista policies, he is yet a harsher critic of the Contras. The tactics used by the workers were tactics of uh, terrorizing civilians, making uh, situations where civilians were uh, getting, getting killed.
0: They are, in fact, giving the Contras written instructions on violence and destabilization. The target is the people. The, The social and economic infrastructure is what you're hitting at. It's not a bloodbath. It's like you go into a village and you kill a few people to make your point. The purpose is to disseminate terror. Traumatize the people. We're not killing Sandinistas in the capital. We're not blowing up their homes and terrorizing them. We're hitting at the people throughout the interior of the country.
4: In addition to the terrorist tactics used by the Contras, there was corruption. Substantial portions of both congressional funds and privately raised monies were never accounted for.
1: Traveler's checks raise the question in relative to the contrace the soldier in the field can't cash a traveler's check. But we used to purchase gordos for them.
0: Well. Alright, well with that, um there's a video for you. Hopefully it was good. Um with that, peace.